Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. Uh, I was out with a, a mate the other evening and he said to me, it was a Saturday night, we're out at the rugby and uh, he's a Christian, he said, I'm not going to church tomorrow, I don't need to go and hear a pastor make up another anecdote in order to prove a biblical point. <laughs> so this morning I'm not going to make up the anecdote, I'm just going to cut straight to the chase. Actually, when I think about it, that kind of sounds like an anecdote that's about to make a biblical point. It's not. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Most of us, whether you are a Christian or whether you're just watching in and you're searching and you're looking for a Christianity and you're wondering what it's all about, most of us here in this room, if we're listening to this, if we're watching this midweek, most of us want a big faith. We want a big faith. We want to be courageous. We want to be fearless. But... Questions arise. Questions arise before you get to the faith. Questions arise when you get in. Before you get to the faith. Questions arise when you get into the faith. Questions like doubts. What if I've got them? Questions like suffering. If God is such a good God, why do bad things happen to good people? Things like exclusivity. Is Jesus got to be the only way to God? Why is it all got to be through him? Truth. Isn't Christianity restrictive? Aren't there lots of truths? Things like hell, how could a loving God send people there? Have you, have you ever had your friends ask you those questions? <laughs> your co-workers, family members, maybe you've asked yourselves those questions. That's what we're going to talk about for the next five or so weeks. And this morning I want to talk about doubts. What, what do you do if you have doubts? I think today, in today's sceptical culture, the way that doubts work out is it, it kind of it looks like this. You might have heard it from a friend. I've heard it as a pastor where people say, oh, you people of faith, I wish I could just be gullible like you, right? I wish I could just have faith, but I've got all of these doubts in my faith. And what I want to say to you this morning is doubts are not a Christian thing. Doubts are a thing thing, right? Non-Christians have doubts just as much as Christians do. In fact, 6 to 20% of Americans have doubt about this particular moment in history. You bring that up there for us, Peter. This moment in history. That one. You know that moment in history? Right? 6 to 20% of people have doubts that man ever walked on the moon. I think I've even got a photo of a moon rock. Have I got one there, Peter? There it is. There's a moon rock. I went to the Smithsonian over in Washington and I saw a moon rock from the moon, from the landing. 6 to 20% of people have got doubts that that ever happened. So doubts are just a thing thing. Everyone doubts. More practically though, uh, everyone doubts, particularly Christians doubt. We doubt when the things in life come in and we have to wrestle through them. We face circumstances that don't add up. We see suffering that isn't fair. And doubts grab our mind and emotion. And they get us. And we wonder if we're just making excuses for a God who isn't there or maybe isn't even real. And if we get in that space long enough, the challenge is that doubts have the power to take you out or to make you want to walk out. Ryan? To take you out or make you want to walk out. I've seen people walk out of jobs, people walk out of marriages, people walk out of businesses, people walk out of church, people walk out of the faith. Because they've had doubts. And as a pastor, I watch people walk away from the church and then eventually the faith. 
And, and what I find is over time, eventually you get some people coming back where they go, you know what, like I walked away from the church and from God and from the faith, um, but I've still got the same questions. <laughs> and they've gone away and they've tried to hurt the church or hurt God because they're angry in their doubts. And they're like, well, I've, I've, still got the same, I've still got the same problems and I didn't end up hurting God. I just hurt myself. Like surely you've seen this, right? And maybe you've seen this too. Have you noticed that sometimes, crazily, on one hand, doubts can be devastating, but doubts can also lead to faith. Doubts can lead to deeper intimacy with God and a deeper wrestle with God, which is a good thing. And so that's why I want to just cut straight to it this morning. If you're a person who's got doubts about Christianity, if you're on that spectrum that says, oh, I wish I could be gullible like you, or maybe you're beating yourself up because you've got doubts in your faith and you feel like you're that only person in the room this morning that says, oh, I hope none of the other Christians find out <laughs> that I'm asking questions about God, right? If that's you, I just want to say straight up, it's okay to doubt. It's okay to doubt. You know, Christians think, we see that passage from James, that if anyone doubts, they are two-sided, they're blown around the wind. And so we Christians think that, oh, we can't possibly think that we've got doubts, otherwise we're backsliding. But would it affirm you, whether you're of the faith or not, if you knew that 100% of Jesus' followers doubted, first followers doubted, and would it affirm you to know that even Jesus himself doubted? Everyone doubts. It's a human thing. 100% of Jesus' followers doubted. Pop, pop quiz class. You know, how many people were there with Jesus in Gethsemane at the end? Pop quiz for a gold star. How many people were, were all lined up outside the tomb on Easter Sunday waiting for him to come back out resurrected? Zero. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't. They doubted people come back from the dead. And that's after he's done the whole Lazarus thing, right? Like brings his friend back from the dead, right? They've seen the miracles. They've seen what he said. They've seen the water to wine. They've seen Peter walking on water. They've seen Lazarus back from the dead. But Jesus is not going to come back. They doubted. They doubted. And so what it shows us is after all of this, John the Baptist doubting in jail, Peter on the water, Thomas, the famous one, doubting Thomas. Such a famous doubter that became his stereotype. Said, I'm not going to believe unless I stick my finger in the wounds, right? It, doubt, having your doubts about Jesus is nothing new. And I want to show you this morning a record from the life of Jesus where such was the doubt of Jesus, a hundred of his first disciples bail on him. They, they were so confused. Um, and, and for some of you, that might sound new because you think, hang on, wasn't there just 12 disciples? No, at this point in Jesus' ministry, there are 120 formal followers of Jesus. There was probably like a couple of hundred other watching around after he's doing all these miracles. So everyone's kind of on the Jesus bandwagon. He's got his entourage. He's there. There's at least 120 formal disciples of Jesus and they bail. And here's why. Look at this, John chapter 6. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? And then aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? 
And then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they're full of the Spirit and of life. And yet there are some of you who do not believe. And then in verse 66 it says, From this time many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So doubts are nothing new. <laughs> then the doubts have been happening for the beginning. So and can I be cheeky for a moment? Like if... Please don't think that doubting and scepticism is a cool modern problem, <laughs> if that's the case. Right, people have been doubting Jesus right from the beginning of his teaching. But what this shows us, get this when we get to it, such was the doubt of other people that Jesus himself stouts to doubt. This is the passage that every great Christian leader goes to if they need some encouragement. Verse 67, Jesus says then, Do you not want to leave me too? Jesus said to the twelve. <laughs> Jesus doubted. Now, if this is in the Bible, what does it show us? First and foremost, it's okay to doubt. And here's why. Because it's, it's showing us that God's not offended by your doubts or your questions. It's not, like, it's not like God goes, oh my goodness, you know, I hope they don't, I hope they don't find me out. <laughs> I hope they don't read this bit of the Bible. Um, I hope they don't, in their skepticism, find something that undoes me like a thread. Like God doesn't talk like that. God, God's not offended by your questions. He says, bring your questions. And more importantly, Jesus doesn't toss you out if you doubt. Jesus knew that these people doubted and they were following anyway and what it means is simply this particularly if you're wrestling with the faith or you think that that your doubts are a roadblock to the faith here's what I would say to you this morning you, you can doubt and just follow anyway doubt and just follow anyway follow Jesus with your doubts because he's not going to toss you out which for some of us if we're in that space where we're like well, what, do, what do I do with all of that um, particularly if you're of the faith and you're doubting, you're saying, well, what, what, what do I do? Like, what if I've got these doubts about my faith now? If something that I'm going through, well, why is it coming up? Why is it coming about? Do I not have enough faith? And I would say to you, um, as a pastor, even I've had my doubts over the years. To which, you know, when I say that, there's always two types of people. You know, there's this type of person who says, oh, no way. You know, you're paid to have faith. <laughs> right you can't doubt you know we employ you to have faith right or, or, or even deeper than that you know you can't have doubt because I'm picking my piggybacking my faith off you you know we're in crisis you need to be the bastion of of stability and a lack of doubt I'm like no I have my doubts as well I also say it because there's another person in the room that says when they hear that fuel I'm not the only one I'm not the only person of faith who is grappling with these questions and I know in um, the early stages uh, of my ministry, I'd come back from Bible college and it was probably the time where I had the biggest level of doubts because I'd, I'd gone across overseas to do some Bible college study, came back, I was fully juiced up on Jesus, like I was ready to save the world and um, come back, I'd saved up all my money, I've done Bible college, I'm praying desperately to God that yeah, I'm going to go back, I'm going to do even more study when I get home and when I get there it's all going to line out, it's going to be really good and so I go back and the first day that I get back to the job that I'm in, which was for a Northsider that used to be here years ago, the first day I get back there he lets me go for no reason. He'd hired some um, other person and, and she'd had zero experience and it didn't make sense even his business partner came out and said I'm so sorry Sam I've got no idea what he's doing 
And so in that moment, I was in that space that some of you might have had where I kind of argued with God. And I said, hang on, Lord, like, I'm, I'm doing Bible college for you and I pray to you and I'm ready for a big adventure and this is what happens to me. Uh, I think that shows us how doubts come about. Doubts come about when something in life comes in. Have you found this? Doubts, doubts happen when you're a person of faith and something in life comes in. John 60, on hearing it, the disciples said, this is hard teaching. Something's come in. Something's shifted in their perception of Jesus. Something's changed. And here's the very definition of doubt. Um, doubt, doubt happens when something comes into your life that causes your heart to feel differently from what your head knows to be true. Doubts are when something comes in in life, a circumstance, a happen, an it moment, as I said the other week, where something comes in, I didn't ask for it, I didn't want it, I want to get rid of it, it comes in and it causes your heart to feel different from what your head knows to be true. Hasn't that happened for you, Northsiders? Either for yourself or, or we, know, we know friends. It's like, you know, God is good. And then they lose their job. God is good, and something happens to one of their children. God is good, and then a relationship breaks down, or a relationship's over. And I guess my point is, doubt doubts is rarely ever an intellectual issue. It just masquerades as an intellectual issue. We turn it into an intellectual issue, but actually it's often far more emotional. When life pushes in, and the way I describe it, it's kind of like the spiritual equivalent of going down a roller coaster. Have we got any theme park fans here? Yeah, either those. We've got, you know that, that moment where you free fall and you go and your stomach's in your mouth? Doubt is that moment where there's almost like a, a spiritual weightlessness to you, where you kind of like know that God is there, but you can't feel him anymore. And life has thrown you and you almost kind of feel sick to your stomach. It's a spiritual equivalent of going down a roller coaster. <laughs> and we can't stay forever. We either got to land on one side or the other. And that's why, sadly, I see some people go, right, that's it, I'm out. Or on the other side, people find that grounding God in a new way that grows their faith and shapes their faith. And so I guess the question is, how's that happen? I think the biggest thing I find with doubt is if you want to be a person who doesn't doubt, then just doubt your doubts before they take you out. <laughs> doubt your doubts before you take you out. And what I'm going to ask you this morning is, I'm going to push in on you, a little bit of spiritual remedial massage, right? <laughs> I'm going to push in on you into those sore spots and say, if you look hard enough, I would push you in those moments of doubt, is that the reason that you've got moment of doubt is because there's some type of self-motivation or agenda going on behind the scenes. That was certainly the case for... The disciples, they say, this is hard teaching. Who can accept it? And then aware that his disciples were grumbling around this, Jesus says to them, does this offend you? And so when it says, does this offend you? What it really means is that the, the, these 120 heard something that pushed in against their agenda. And if you do your Bible study research, you'll see that these followers of Jesus, oh, they were following him because they, they wanted another miracle. Maybe they wanted another glass of wine out of the water that they've got. 
You know, they wanted a new king. They wanted, uh, they wanted a military boss to overthrow the Roman Empire that was occupying them at the moment. And so when Jesus starts coming in and saying, following me is about sacrifice and following me is, is about denying yourself and to, and, to, and, to, and to move forward and to be rejected, they're going, they're going no, that's not the deal, <laughs> right? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> I signed up for the miracles and the king and all the rest of it. This is hard teaching. And so can we see how like, they're, they're offended because it pushed in against their agenda? And I don't know about, about you, but... But I look back in my life and I think of how many different times that when I've doubted God, it's because he hasn't, he just hasn't gotten on my agenda. <laughs> Don't you hate it when God does that? When God won't do what you tell him to do? <laughs> Doubts happen when we're, we're pushing our own agenda. We're looking for miracles. We're looking for God to solve these circumstances. And these disciples <laughs> made a mistake that we all make. And it's that, that mistake that we make when when we won't really know our motivation for following Jesus until the hardships and the suffering of life push in, right? We, we won't know if we've got this equation that says if life is good, then God is good. If life's bad, then God's bad until life goes bad and then something comes in. And so you've got to doubt your doubts before they take you out. The, the other thing I would say if, if you're ready to go to Doubts 201, you okay with this? This could be you know, a theological nosebleed, so listen up closely. Um, doubts are never a lack of faith. right? If you're saying, oh, I wish I could have faith like you, can I say to you, if you're a Christian or not, doubts are never a lack of faith. Doubts are just over faith in the alternative. right? If, if I doubt that the train at St. Leonard's Station is going to come along on time, even though it says that it's two minutes away, it's not that I lack faith. I've just got more faith in my own feelings and my own knowledge than what the truth says. <laughs> Doubts are when something happens in life that causes your heart to feel different from what your head knows to be true. Two minutes away, right? And I know that, that the doubts we have are more painful and they're more of a struggle than a train turning up to St. Leonard's Station. But please don't think that if you've got doubts, it's because you lack faith. You've got over faith in something else. And so, not only should we doubt our doubts before they take them out, but maybe you're the sort of person who's <laughs> saying, Sam, you know what? Like, um, I, I get all that. It's all too intellectual for me. Sam, you don't understand what I'm going through this morning. Sam, you don't know how many times God has not turned up for me. Sam, you don't know the razor-thin edge that I am with my faith at the moment. And all I would say to you this morning simply is, not only like doubt your doubts, but if you don't even want to be in that space, all I would say to you this morning, if that is you, is rest in your restlessness. If this is in the Bible, if Jesus doubted, if the first followers doubted, and you've got doubts as well, just rest in that. <laughs> just chill and rest in your restlessness. Because if doubts can get to us, what we've got to realize with those first disciples is that those first disciples almost doubted themselves out of history. Have you ever thought about that? In fact, a hundred and something of them did. We've got four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, there could have, there could have been a hundred more. <laughs> but a but hundred of them bailed on Jesus at one of the most pivotal moments in history because their doubts got the better of them. They almost doubted themselves out of history. 
And they've already done that. And yet one doesn't because he understands a question that is, we, has, I get ready to leave you with this this morning, a question that totally shifted his perspective on his doubts. It's a question from a guy that understood that everyone has doubts. And he was, his question was this in verse 67. Jesus says, you don't want to leave too? He asked the 12. <laughs> Imagine what was hanging in the balance. He's like gone from 120 down to 12, right? You know, Jesus, you can't lead a team. They're all leaving you. <laughs> down to 12. And then he's saying, that, that, you don't want to leave too, do you? And then Simon Peter answers him, Lord, to whom shall we go? In other words, Peter's life-changing question was, well, what's the alternative? And I would say that to you this morning. If you're, if you're not a person of faith and you've got your doubts about Christianity and everyone else doubts, I would say, well, what's your alternative? Like, I would rather be a doubter with God than be a doubter without God. <laughs> like, what's the alternative? <laughs> the sign that says the train's two minutes away? Or your own opinion or your own feelings <laughs> and I know in my own faith wrestle when I go through these sorts of moments the doubts kind of whisper to me you know what if it's true what if it's true that God is all of furphy what if it's true if this is just some version of a spiritual Amway program right what if your whole church discipleship thing is just a pyramid marketing scheme for spiritual people <laughs> right that's how I often <laughs> think when I get into doubts Whenever I get in that moment, I preach to myself. You know that I preach to myself. You know I've told you that when I wake up in the morning, I have to preach to myself instead of listening to myself. Because when I listen to myself, I mostly start the day with bad news. And so I preach to myself, and I preach to myself, something happened, something happened, something happened, something happened. Because my faith, when it comes to my doubts, is not based on the Bible. And I know there are some people in here who go, oh my goodness, you can't say that. To which I would say to you that Christianity grew and exploded more rapidly in the first 300 years before we had the Bible than it did in the 1700 years since. That the message of Christianity was not believe the Bible. The message of Christianity was we hung out with a guy who was alive. We watched him die and he's alive again. And so I preached that to myself. Something happened, something happened, something happened, something happened. In all of this. And then I ask a question like Peter asked himself, but it's a different kind of version. And it's a question I want to ask you this morning, particularly if you're finding that doubts are a roadblock to the faith. Let's put it this way if someone had the ability to predict their own death and then pull it off, don't you think we should just listen to what he has to say? That guy's not going to toss you out if you've got doubts. That guy's going to meet you with grace. That guy doesn't need you to turn your life around. That guy doesn't need you to behave. But if there was a guy in history where something happened and had the ability to pull off his own death, predict his own death and pull it off, shouldn't we just listen to what he says? Bring your doubts. If he doubted, you can doubt too. And if you're searching, that's good news for you this morning because Jesus is not going to toss you out so just bring your doubts and follow him anyway. And if you're of the faith this morning, particularly if you're in that space where it's hard and it's difficult and you're thinking this is just about it or I'm giving it one last go or I'm out of here, will you just rest in your restlessness? 
knowing that he doubted. He doubted when everyone left him in that garden. And he moved forward and he followed anyway. Doubt your doubts before they take you out. Let's pray. Father, I know that this place and space that we are in are moments that only you can minister to us to. There's something in that, that moment, that moment of darkness or desperation or of confusion or that moment of stomach sickness as this roller coaster of life goes over and we feel the free fall. I pray you into those spaces this morning, Lord. I pray that you would meet whoever is within the sound of my voice in that moment, Lord. That you would do your work, Holy Spirit, to bridge the gap between what our fragile human hearts feel and what we know to be true. I pray that you would speak to us, Holy Spirit, and preach to us in those moments. Align uh, that gap between our hearts and our heads when we need it most. I pray for anyone who sits right on that edge this morning that thinks, I can't become a Christian, I've got too many questions, or I just can't be that gullible. Lord, I pray for anyone who would be in that space that this morning would be a morning in which they say, you know what, I'm bringing the doubts and I'm following anyway. You work that out with them, Lord, at the right time as to what it means to to be the Lord, the life coach over their life. I leave that with you and them. We don't try and engineer anything in this space. Be ahead of us. Those are in the moments where everything is fine. Sow seeds into our hearts, truth into our hearts that will bubble up to the surface at the right time. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.